0: Hello funky listeners and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host Kyle.
1: And this is your host Peter. And welcome to Funk Radio. It's been a little while. Yeah,
0: uh, we took a little bit of a summer break. Um, First you went somewhere cold and then you came home and were hot.
1: Uh, I mean, we're kind of following the the funk radio tradition of taking a bunch of time off in the summer for one reason. (laughs) I guess we just end up. Having life stuff more so in the summer.
0: Yeah. Plus, I mean, with knock on wood, coronavirus slowly abating, uh, at least here in the U.S., you know, we're not trapped inside just doing funk every day.
1: (laughs) What was that? Was was that the motivation for people to come up with the vaccine so that we would stop making funk radio? <laughs> that's
0: why they were able to do it in a year. They were just like, please yeah. for the love of God, stop <laughs> making episodes. We'll do whatever you want.
1: Uh, that's totally part of the funk radio canon though. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kyle, I have a fun yes. fact for you. Mm-hmm. Um, way back in episode 259, which was in late 2019 we did an episode that basically was kind of a grab bag of different like uh, I can't remember if they were all like I guess they were defunct or attempted but not really successful media formats Mm -hmm. and I, I don't remember at the time whether we said this but I think you and I always had the idea of doing more of those at some point if we could come up with more because there's a lot of that stuff out there, and we find that stuff interesting. Um, and uh, you you found some more.
0: Yeah. Recently. Um, slowly, slowly over time, I was able to discover um, more sort of lost media formats. I think what spurred on this episode was um, I watched some random YouTube video that popped up in my feed about um, video that was on vinyl records somehow and oh, i think it kind i of sent that to you yeah maybe okay was that you that, that sounds sense. familiar and it kind of blew my mind so i was like oh that would make for an interesting topic if we ever do another bygone uh sort of dead media formats episode um so you know, the know the what time, they say like,
1: listeners when we watch it on youtube that means we're experts
0: exactly just like on all the conspiracy theories we talk about <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Over time, I just discovered different other dead media formats that either were popular and faded off, or were just tested and never really took off with consumers. And since I find this interesting somehow, just because I like old technology, um, I thought we'd talk about it. So,
1: so you picked out four.
0: Yeah, like- we picked out four. Um, since I mentioned it, the you know video on vinyl thing. I figured mm-hmm. that's probably the first one I should talk about. The format was f- was actually called vHd, which stood for video high density and essentially it's an analog video disc format which was marketed predominantly in Japan by the company jVC
1: wasn't jVC also the one that kind of spearheaded um vHs if I remember right
0: yes so yeah this was this was them kind of first experimenting with other video formats mmm Basically, yeah, VHD was pushed by JVC, and they first demonstrated it in 1978, uh, and they also had some advertisements for it in the 8182 National Geographic magazine. Kind of a weird place to advertise. And they eventually released it in Japan um, in spring of 1983. But, however, by this time, both LaserDiscs and CED, uh, f- n- another format that's dead that we might talk about in the future, we already suffering from the onslaught of the sort of VHS and Betamax battle uh, that was going on. So,
1: so those those were basically dominating the market by by the yeah, time this b- came out. Exactly
0: by yeah, yeah by the early eighties, VHS and Betamax were already kind of fighting for supremacy. Uh, you had Laserdiscs, which we've talked about before, was another fairly expensive uh, format that never really took off just because of the uh, high price of the sort of players that allowed you to play those huge discs. Um, So despite JVC demonstrating this uh, video high-density players at several consumer electronics shows, they actually decided not to release the product in North America, so it kind of died. Hmm. The thing that I found interesting about VHD was that it was, for all intents and purposes, similar to records, it was a truly analog format. It wasn't like CDs or or tape, or it was you know read through some sort of laser system. Mm-hmm. And it's these VH, VHD discs that JVC made, they measured 9.8 inches in diameter, which I think is a little bit smaller than a record. I think a record's about 12,
1: if I remember. I think that's right, yeah. Um,
0: and it was able to store up to 60 minutes of video per side, which is extra funny, because you know assuming a movie is you know say an hour and a half you'd have to flip the disc over kind of like you have to flip over a cassette tape Hmm. um
1: i think um were laser discs the same way i think they might have been
0: that sounds right so yeah the weird thing about these vhd discs is although they were you know discs they were actually stored in a sort of caddy sort of a a frame Hmm. uh, not too like a plastic sleeve or something Yeah, almost like a floppy disk. But yeah, it was weird. It was like a record inside of this sort of square plastic thing that you were able to slide in and out, almost like a flop, like a really big floppy disk. Right. And similar to another um, analog disk system that was being developed by RCA called the CED, or the Capacitance Electronic Disk. um,
1: Oh, the listeners know that, Kyle. Oh, of course they do.
0: Um, Basically, yeah, these, these... sort of analog discs being developed or sort of these proprietary uh, uh, formats developed by different companies, whether it's RCA, JVC. Mm -hmm. So the entire caddy is inserted into the player and then withdrawn, which leaves the disc inside, which will then be loaded and start playing. So basically, the caddy is just a frame that lets you put it into the thing and then you take the, the empty caddy out. It's really weird.
1: I'm assuming that's that was just to protect it from human hands.
0: Probably and getting dirty or and just that. to ensure that it's loaded properly And because they didn't have, you know, an easy sort of Yeah. They probably didn't have technology back then where, you know, you could feed a CD into it and it just eats it and puts it in correctly. Right. So, yeah, the essentially yeah, the VHD and the CED were two similar sort of analog record technology is being developed by these two companies neither of which ever really saw the light of day at least in america but yeah i just found it interesting that they were basically trying to figure out how to put movies on records
1: that's uh that's one thing about all these kind of weird formats in history is that you find that really before a a single standard is kind of agreed upon by the industry basically or like consumers Um, Mm -hmm. is that you have all these different proprietary ones that um, these different companies hope that people will invest in enough to make that, you know, the popular one. I mean, I really only learned, I mean, being a millennial, I only ever heard of Laserdisc in the last couple of years. But I know that was actually Mm -hmm. a, a fairly, like, widespread one before, you know, DVD and yeah,
0: yeah. Laser discs were popular because they were really, really high quality, mm-hmm. similar to what DVDs would end up becoming. However, the, the sort of technology to play that stuff was so prohibitively expensive, the average consumer, you know, didn't even bother with it. Whereas VHS was, while lower quality, a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. So, that's the, it's the funny thing with technology. Sometimes it's it's not always the best technology that you know becomes widespread it's just whatever you can make the cheapest
1: yeah there's been a lot of examples of that throughout history for sure Mm -hmm. well uh well that's pretty interesting Mm -hmm. i guess we should talk about the next one um so instead of vhd we're going to vcd which is basically Mm -hmm. video on cd uh, first first of all, it was a format for distributing films on kind of like those standard CD-sized discs, and it was widely adopted in uh, Southeast Asia, Central Asia, and the Middle East. Which, And in, uh, surprisingly, I guess, it superseded VHS and Betamax in those regions until DVD kind of became affordable um, in the 21st yeah, century.
0: That was the thing that I found interesting was that this format was actually popular basically in sort of the I guess you could say the eastern half of the world Uh at the same time that via say you know the 80s and 90s the same time that VHS was popular in America and Europe so for whatever reason throughout the world you had two different sort of video technologies Mm. at the same time that were popular I don't know I found that kind of interesting.
1: Well, I think that probably, I mean, completely speculating here because I have never heard of any of this and I didn't know that like, oh, in Southeast Asia in the 1990s, this was the thing. Um, But my my guess here is that for whatever reason in those regions, it was a lot cheaper to either produce or ship VCDs to those areas rather than VHS or Betamax, which is why it became more popular Um, there.
0: Yeah, that would make sense.
1: Um, which uh, goes back to what you were saying a minute ago about the cheapest kind of became you know reigning supreme wherever you might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, VCD uh, was first created in 1993 by Sony, Philips, Matsushita, and JVC. I guess a partnership between all, all of them y'all, um, as it's known. Mm. It was uh, so. It was, it was. I guess it was a white book standard, which I think is. Um, I'm trying to remember, because that—that I mean, isn't that um, how they define a lot of these media formats from like an industry standard perspective, as opposed to like the proprietary individual types?
0: Yeah, essentially. Exactly. Essentially.
1: The format of, of video CD um, is kind of like your standard digital data format for storing it on a compact disc, um, but they had to be played in dedicated VCD players. Although, interestingly, I guess they were also widely playable in most DVD players.
0: As as DVD became more of the norm, they were it was backwards compatible enough with the original VCD format hmm. that it worked in a lot of them.
1: Uh, I, probably, probably at least some. later, if not early on yeah. as well. Well, I guess that's one way to get people signed on to a new format is saying like, hey, there's all this new stuff, but also it's compatible with what you already have.
0: Oh, this is interesting. Let me send this to you really quick. If you click on the link that I sent you, um, it shows the resolution disparity between Mm -hmm. VCD and DVD, and then obviously the the digital formats that came after that. So essentially, VCD was half the resolution that DVD quality was. Oh, wow. So it was basically just a sort of inferior version of the DVD, so to speak, because I know CDs... uh, if I remember correctly, can only store like 700 megabytes of data, even the blank ones, you, you know, you still get. So I would assume that that MPEG-1 format was just a digital format developed that would compressed the data enough to fit on a CD as opposed to fitting on a DVD, which I think has larger right. capacity.
1: Yeah, that's actually a good point. I forgot that CDs were less, so they would have to... Huh. Um, so. It's interesting that the resolution is also about half of because like listeners, if you're familiar with like 1080p HD, which mm-hmm. has been standard for probably a couple decades now, um, mm. DVD is probably know, maybe a third of that um, in terms of resolution, and then VCD is about half of that. So
0: uh, it says oh here it says I don't know if this is helpful. It says the native resolution is 352 pixels by 240 pixels.
1: Wow, that's like...
0: That's like a Game Boy. Literally. Maybe a little bit more.
1: Yeah, that's not that far off. Maybe like a Game Boy Advance or something like that. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah, something like that.
1: That's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, obviously the... uh, The the people's personal standards for resolution, probably, especially especially in, you know, some of these... Um, eastern regions were probably not as picky about it in 1993 as we are today in 2021.
0: yeah I was gonna say I mean especially before CDs came out or DVDs came out excuse me it probably was the best resolution you could get.
1: It seems like VCD was basically uh, a, a a digital disk based video format before DVD was really a thing at least widespread. I mean, it's it actually, I, I, would, I was going to say it didn't take off, but I guess it didn't take off in, like, the Western world. But it seemed to have ac- actually been pretty popular for the time in those certain regions before DVD kind of, like, had its foothold.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, it, it could have just been the ease of production, uh, maybe the fact that the players for VCDs were cheaper than VHS players at the time.
1: Uh, right. So, yeah, that's
0: interesting. I'd be really yeah.
1: interested to see a comparison between... VHS and VCD of like the same movie, for example.
0: Yeah. I'm sure someone on YouTube has done that. Some like, there's a lot of people that like dive deep into like old technology
1: like that. Yeah. Well, until we know more about that, Kyle, do you want to tell us about our next fun thing?
0: Do I want to tell us about that? Yes.
1: Look at that tape. Terrible segue.
0: Look at that tape. It's so thick. Um,. (laughs) (laughs) so the next format uh is actually sort of uh two formats but similar to the difference between say what is it vhd and ced uh these are two sort of competing formats that are the same type one is called dat which is digital audio tape and the other is called dcc which is digital compact cassette Um, and these
1: are both audio it sounds like
0: Yes, these are audio formats. Basically, these are, in layman's terms, these are basically high-quality cassettes. Mm, okay. Sort of HD cassettes, you could think about them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the DAT, Digital Audio Tape, the signal recording and playback medium was actually developed by Sony in 1987, and its appearance would uh, was similar to a regular compact cassette. Mm, um, okay. So... Similar to most formats of video cassette, like VHS and Betamax, a DAT cassette, while only playing audio, can only be recorded and played in one direction. Unlike a normal analog, you know, regular cassette, which can be uh, sort of played in both directions. Yeah. However, many DAT recorders have the capability to record... Program numbers and IDs, which could be used to select an individual track, like on a CD player. Oh, okay. oh that's
1: interesting. I guess because it was digital, because obviously cassette was analog. So if, if this was digital, then the player could theoretically skip ahead to the next track on the tape. That's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, which...
1: So it, that means if you wanted to go like go to track three, for example, it would actually fast forward to that spot and then...
0: Yeah, and then start from that position. I
1: huh <laughs> that's pretty funny
0: i i honestly can't remember because i used to have a cassette player when i was a kid i can't remember if it had track selection or if you just had to manually for- fast forward
1: cassettes do not have track selection
0: that's what i thought yeah yeah because i remember that being kind of annoying like trying to get like right to the beginning of a song
1: without spoiling mm. it or
0: whatever um so that's interesting so yeah it's basically a higher quality um cassette tape with the ability to track select similar to a cd Hmm. so although this was kind of intended as the superior replacement to uh analog audio compact cassettes the format was never really adopted by consumers surprise surprise because of its expense Uh, as well Hmm. as concerns from the music industry about unauthorized high quality sort of pirated copies uh basically they were afraid you know if we give the consumers too good of a sounding thing, they might copy it and then not pay us for it.
1: You know, it's interesting because I know we've done, and this is probably a couple of years ago now that we did a couple of episodes about piracy, Mm -hmm. music piracy specifically. Um, I don't remember if we talked about this, but it seems like a a, kind of at the crossroads of, you've said we've also talked about like how different formats, the cheapest one is usually what wins out as the standard. Mm -hmm. I never really thought about the cross section of those, being that another reason that cheaper formats may win out is that the companies that produce these don't want you having your hands on high quality bootleg music Could i be. guess you know cuz if you have a bootleg cassette it's like okay you know you didn't pay for it but it's also a cassette right um, yeah that's pretty interesting though
0: yeah it's like it, they they purposely downgrade the quality of the audio for consumers so that consumers don't you know Easily pirate, you know the master, more mastered sounding versions. I don't know. Although
1: that's maybe that's a moot point because I know uh, CD is kind of considered a, ma- a uh, like a gold standard in audio quality, and true. obviously those were easy as hell to make copies of. Yeah,
0: so. very true. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their logic was. Uh, sometimes record companies are just weird. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, basically. While this digital audio tape format never really took off the consumers, it did have some professional usage, um, which is kind of interesting. The second format that I mentioned, the digital compact cassette, was a similar format to the DAT. Uh, it was a magnetic tape recording format introduced by Philips and Matsushita in late 1992. Uh, and it, it, similarly to uh, the DAT, was also marketed as the successor to Standard analog compact cassette Hang on. So,
1: format, go ahead. i'm getting a little confused so who developed dat did it did dat you was say? Developed, dat oh, that was developed sony. by
0: sony in 1987 okay. and then the digital compact cassette was developed by a joint venture between phillips and matsuhita in 1992 by that time sony had, had already moved on to this the mini disc got um, it
1: okay okay
0: So basically, uh, Phillips and Matsuhita were trying to kind of resurrect what Sony was trying to do with the DAT uh, later on, trying to make it the successor to regular regular compact cassettes. Uh, However, neither Sony's mini-disc nor uh, this DCC uh, format were able to really topple the then-ubiquitous analog cassette despite their technical superiority. And the DCC uh, format was discontinued in October ninety six so a lot of these formats were developed between like the late 80s and like early 90s like they were trying to figure out like what the hell do we do next i
1: feel like that was a really fascinating time period of we're just starting like stuff is cheap enough to be testing these different formats but also digital is becoming a thing and so we're trying to figure out like which format's gonna work which one's gonna like stick and stay in the test of time so there was a lot of experimentation which i found really fascinating during the yeah. And then it became just like CD and then it went digital and then it kind of just, you know, people didn't really use uh, physical formats after that. But it's kind of an interesting scrambling around kind of at the very end of the lifetime of physical media.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely like a weird, you're right, it's like a weird time where they're kind of like moving past analog, moving on to digital. Everyone's trying to figure out like what's the best way to do this. Yeah. So it's like a wild west sort of format, sort of.
1: And in the end, the answer was none of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kinda, yeah. In the end, it was just oh wait, CDs are the best.
1: <laughs> right. Um. Speaking of CDs, uh, we have our last format here. Uh, actually, before I move on to that, I was trying to remember um, what the so a couple of years ago now we had talked about different types of mini cassettes because mm-hmm. I think there were like four or five different types made by different companies. Um, and I was trying to remember cause there was like a really tiny one. I think that was a digital format cassette. That's like the mm. size of a postage stamp. They're like super tiny. but oh, wow. I think what might've been also been Sony. Yeah. They were Sony. It was the Sony NT. That's the format that is. Mm. Um, but those are like adorable, tiny baby tapes. And so that doesn't, that doesn't fit in with any of this stuff, but I was trying to remember what it was called.
0: I was gonna say, I swear, we could probably do a whole episode just on the history of like formats that Sony tried to make popular that just failed.
1: I think we might have. I know we've talked about Sony a couple of times on this. <laughs> oh
0: well, yeah, I know we talked about them. We kind of shit on them with their whole anti-piracy thing, but yeah, we've talked. We talked yeah. about them with uh, mini discs. So we talked about them with the Walkman. So
1: yeah, um, so many CDs. That was a thing. Um, now we did talk a little bit in a prior episode about the mini CD format. Um, but I think they were a couple of different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, made, again made by different companies, you know trying different things. Um, but you know to, to probably recap a little bit, but also s- fork off into the different types. For those who don't know, um, mini CDs, also known as pocket CDs, um, were about half or not quite half the diameter of a regular CD. And they only have about a, about a third of the storage capacity um, of so our CDs. I think five inches across, and then these are like three. I think so. Maybe I'm trying to remember. It's something like that.
0: Yeah, that sounds that sounds right.
1: So, listeners, if you remember um, CD trays, um, you might have noticed that many of them had kind of like a smaller circular indentation in the middle that obviously mm-hmm. was smaller than the CD itself. This was to accommodate, basically, those mini-CDs. Um, to my knowledge, they never made mini-DVDs. I know they did for, like, camcorders and stuff, but I don't think they yeah. made, like, consumer-grade S- so- mini-DVDs. Sony had,
0: Sony had their proprietary, I think they were called UMDs or something that they made for the PSP that were kind of like mini-DVDs,
1: but... Right, right, yeah but there wasn't like an official mini DVD format in the no, same way I that there was an official CD format. No, I don't believe so. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, so any like tray loaded or spindle loaded CD players, uh, I think most of not all of those could accept mini CDs. Mm-hmm. Some, if you had like a vertically, a lot like a vertical tray loading device, such as a PS2, or if it was like a slot loaded device where you know, you don't have a specific spot where you f- you're you putting it in. Yeah.
0: You feed it in. There's not like a tray.
1: Yeah. Then I think that that caused issues. I think those were not compatible. And I don't recall whether we said this on that episode, but um, these mini CDs were actually used at least for a time to release singles, essentially mm-hmm. um, similar to the last episode we did, which was about uh, singles, which was song singles on cassette. Um, mm-hmm. This is like song singles on CD, but obviously, Producing the mini ones is probably a little bit cheaper. And there's no reason to have just one song on a 700 megabyte disc. So, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, this, this format was definitely interesting. And like like you said, it's, it's a third of the size of a regular CD, so it can store roughly a third of the songs. So the best you're going to get out of it is maybe an EP with like five songs.
1: I think you can get something like 20 some minutes out of a mini CD, if I remember right.
0: That sounds right.
1: Um, uh, maybe, maybe as much as 30 minutes. I'd have to go back and look.
0: It says on the Wikipedia page, which is my only source of, <laughs> source of information, uh, that the, it contains about 18 minutes or 155 megabytes.
1: So the uh, the format for Mini CD was first released in the US, the UK, Japan, France, West Germany, and Hong Kong in 1987. Um, as a replacement for the 7-inch single... Um, was that the 45 RPM?
0: Yeah, that was the, the record. Record, record singles, exactly.
1: Wow, so they weren't even thinking about replacing those until 87. Until That's crazy. Late 80s, yeah. And it's funny that Mini CD was kind of the replacement because obviously, I don't think Mini CD was that popular, at least to my It might have been that That's, early.
0: I was going to say. Maybe I, by the I, time I,
1: we were around, it wasn't as popular.
0: I wish I got better info on this, but I was reading that, although not popular in the U.S., the mini CD CD was actually very popular in Japan. And Mm, in Japan, they would very often release singles on these mini CDs. They came in like these little slim cases that look like a miniature version of like a a CD cases, like that clear plastic that like folds out or whatever Mm -hmm. clamshell looking thing. I guess they, yeah, they came in like miniature versions of those kind of plastic. They're called jewel cases. Mm-hmm. And yeah, apparently they had enough popularity in Japan that they lasted all the way until about the early 2000s. Um,
1: so we, we've been talking about uh, mini CD, um, mm-hmm. but then Sony inevitably also had mini disc, which was their own proprietary version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to figure out if, because that basically came around... Uh, this was in the early 90s. So I think this was maybe roughly around a similar time frame as uh, uh, DAT. That, so they they released DAT. But I think they were also trying to get their hands into like, the CD realm. Mm-hmm. And Minidisc seemed to be them trying that around the same time. Um, but I guess, I guess Minidisc had a pretty limited success in the U.S., um, but again, it was more popular in Japan than uh, the UK. I was
0: going to say, weren't mini-discs similar to the VHD format where it was a disc inside of sort of a plastic frame? Mm-hmm, yeah. So you never really handled the disc itself. It was almost similar to like a floppy. Um, that's yeah. interesting. It'd be fun to have like a mini-disc player just to, and just to have them to, I don't know, have like a random format like that.
1: But they also, then Sony also had, which you mentioned earlier, a uh, universal media disc, which was another yeah. mini disc in a plastic frame, that was that for was, the PSP.
0: Yeah, that, I was gonna say that was mainly from what I remember for the PSP. I think I talked about this before because I was like so we have excited. It, yeah. yeah, I was so excited for that format and just having a PSP that I was like, this is the future, and I bought a bunch of DVD, like uh, movies on that UMD format. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the PSP, but then once the PSP failed, like I had all these movies that I couldn't play anywhere else.
1: Yeah, um, and it looks like so. It looks like that was introduced in 2004, but then discontinued in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds about right. Which for Sony, that's actually quite a while.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, the PSP. It's the PSP is such a weird system. Like the people that loved it, like really, really liked it, and there's still people that like. Have them and keep them working and collect the games and stuff. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. So, needless to say, I, I, there's probably a couple other of many, disc formats out there, um, Mm -hmm. beyond this. It's possible we've talked about some of them before and we forgot, or we have just never discovered them. But anyway, so those are a thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I've noticed a trend over the years that we like to talk about mini formats. I, I, I I do. I love mini
0: (laughs) formats. I'm, I'm sad that there's not more physical mini formats left I mean, as as everything moves to streaming physical formats in general are kind of just dying right but it makes me sad because i think as kids in the 90s we didn't have enough of a concept of like you know the internet's going to be so fast and powerful that you won't need a physical format we just assumed everything mm-hmm. that was around would just get smaller <laughs> uh right
1: well in a way and, they, they were it just wasn't it did, yeah. never really took off you know in terms of like mass consumer acceptance mm-hmm. cuz by the time any of that would have happened they were just not needed anymore
0: if if i remember correctly there is some niche uh, resurgence uh, i don't I remember if it was on mini disc or if it was on mini cd but the and we've talked about the genre of vaporwave on the channel before and they have mm-hmm. kind of like a nostalgic love for like 90s and early 2000s sort of tech and sort of vibe i guess uh and some vaporwave artists actually as kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing release the like singles or eps of theirs on like mini cds or whatever Mm. just as a kind of a throwback so to speak
1: i know that um well it's not actually that uncommon for indie artists to release stuff on like regular compact cassette um, and probably also CD now again. <laughs> CD is mm. probably cool again. But I, I didn't know about mini CD though. That's interesting. I know that oh, some I, really obscure it, people do like micro cassette.
0: Here, uh, it's it's not on mini CD. It's on it's on mini discs. But yeah, apparently there's even a subreddit about it.
1: That's cool though. I I support these kind of like weird ways. to it's keep just formats a lot. older yeah.
0: I, the older I get because I'm an old man now, the more I kind of appreciate people that are kind of keeping older technology alive, just even just for the historical importance of it, if that makes sense.
1: I'm curious how the preservation of some of these obscure formats is going to work. Because obviously you're going to have the hobbyists who kind of, you know, someone will be like, oh, I have a mini-disc player. And that's mm-hmm. great and all, but then if that breaks, at some point, no one's going to know necessarily how to fix some of these things if they become really badly damaged you know yeah um, yeah so it i don't know unless there and and like for we like we said earlier like the white book standard or stuff like that i don't know exactly what's all in that but it's possible that like the technical specifications of these formats is all well documented in there so you could theoretically save some things that way but i I don't really know anything about this so i'm gonna stop talking yeah (laughs) no i think that's definitely an interesting part of this whole realm is kind of like the long the ongoing you know are there any efforts to preserve some of these
0: Mm -hmm, exactly so yeah uh that was just four more sort of bygone media formats so to speak that i thought were interesting um if any of you listeners have ever handled or Purchased or had any of these formats, um, you can let us know on our Facebook page at facebook.com/getyourfunk. Um, you can also listen to this episode and all of our past episodes on getyourfunk.com. Um, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, which is probably where most of you are listening. Uh, Apple Podcasts, if that's the thing now. Everything's changing.
1: I'm old. We're somewhere. If you're listening to us, you know where you found us. We're
0: somewhere, yeah. Just do your own due diligence. You, you find us. We're not going to tell you where we are.
1: Um, and <laughs> if you are really a dedicated fan, then you will put us on these formats that we talked about today. So we will also be available on that.
0: That would be kind of amazing, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so, yeah, this has been your host, Kyle.
1: And this has been your host, Dat Peter. Uh, thanks for listening. And. We hope you will listen to us again in the future.